You out there, Pastor Caesar? I'm here, my friend. I'm here. Amen and amen. You know, welcome to the Christian Talk Show. This is episode number three, Pastor. Do you believe that? Wow, that's amazing. Amazing. I tell you, it's 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 great just to know that God is still working and just feeling so humbled and so blessed that he uses us to do so. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Amen. You know, he's really, really taking this to another level, Pastor. And, you know, each time I think about how glorious this journey has been, I just reflect and just see how God has took us to heights that we never even thought about before, huh, Pastor? That's right. Here, I'll tell you, serving God is always a surprise because he's a great God and, and his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So he's way over and above what we can even think or imagine. So, you know, when, when he does things, he does them big. Amen. Amen. Amen, Pastor. You know, these we have th this day is our third episode, right? So we labeled this walking in power, Pastor. Walking Amen. in power. Amen. That's <laughs> <Episode> right. <three. laughs> Amen. We walk in power every day. Every single day, Pastor. It's so amazing how, you know, when you look back at your journey, what you think you went up against, how you think how big an issue or problem was, but in actuality, God is bigger. Is that right, Amen. Pastor? That's right. He is. He's bigger than all our circumstances, all our problems. He's it. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Pastor. So this day we have two topics. Now people want to say, oh, two topics. Uh, you know, normally take three, but they're kind of deep, right, Pastor? What do you think? They're going to be kind of deep today? I think so. I think so. Just because of uh, the type of topic it, uh, that it is and the kind of questions that people usually ask on these topics. So I think it's going to be a good show. I think uh, people are in for a little bit of a ride and uh, I'm excited about it. Me too, pastor. Me too. Why don't you go ahead and just give us an opening prayer, pastor. All right. Father God in heaven, we just come before you, father God, and we thank you for what you are doing in our lives tonight. Father God, we ask that as we speak, father God, that we would speak as oracles of God, father God, we just want to, worship you. We want to praise you and adore you and glorify and honor your holy name, Father God, because you are truly worthy and you deserve it, my God. I pray that you speak to us, Father God, speak through us, and Father God, that you would just uh, anoint us, Father, that your people would hear your word and be blessed by it this evening. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen and amen, Pastor. That was powerful. And I know God is going to do big things tonight. I know someone's going to walk away with a new understanding and some revelation. What do you say to that, amen. Pastor? That's what we're looking for, revelation knowledge. We don't want just the same thing uh, regurgitated over and over. We actually want to get something out because God's word is the living word. It's alive. It's not dead. So uh, we're praying that God will definitely pierce every heart tonight uh, in this broadcast that people are listening to. 
That's right, sir. That's right. So, Pastor, our first topic tonight, our first topic tonight, sin is sin. Hmm. I, I wonder, you know, for like the new Christians or even Christians that's been in uh, in the faith for a long time, um, do they look at sin as just being all equal, all the same? Right. So that that's let's start with that question, Pastor. Is sin sin, and and is sin all the same, Pastor? What do you, what, what what are your thoughts on that? You know, I've heard a lot of uh, pastors, preachers, apostles, what have you, uh, preach the sin is sin message, and and I understand that. Uh, but is all sin the same? Well, the short answer is yes and no, <laughs> actually. So uh, let me kind of explain a little bit. Uh, when we define sin, sin is breaking any of God's laws, right? Now, how many laws are there, Minister Jermaine? Yeah, in the Old Testament, Pastor, 613. 613 laws. So imagine that. Breaking any one of those is a sin in God's eyes. Amen. But I would say that not all sin carries the same weight. And, and you can look at that biblically. Let's take, for example, in uh, Matthew 10, verses 14 and 15. It says in verse 14, If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. I tell you the truth, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off than such a town on the judgment day. So see, in other words, um, rejecting Jesus obviously is worse than, let's say, stealing or lying. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, ab absolutely, sir. Yes, sir. Ab right. So it says it would go worse for that city than Sodom and Gomorrah. So what does that mean? That there's actually worse punishment, worse judgment, right? Would you agree with that? No, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. There's there's worse things that could happen if you reject the Lord. So as as people reject Jesus, as he's as they're not uh, 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 accepting him, there's there could be a uh, uh, a misalignment on that everlasting life that he spoke about. Is that? That's right. That's right. See, not, not all sin uh, carries the same weight, right? Um, for example, uh, there are several instances, you know, in the Bible, right? Where some were uh, that committed a greater sin than others. Uh, like, let's say, remember Judas, when he betrayed Jesus? Yes, I do. Right? Yes. Or when the Bible talks about uh, one who makes a little one stumble, that it would be better for them to have a millstone uh, wrapped around their neck and thrown into the deepest part of the ocean. So yet uh, there are other instances where people killed, they murdered, and the judgment that came upon them was not death, Right. Oh, you're absolutely right, Pastor. Yeah, you know, um, you know, sin is one of those things, Pastor. When we take a look at it, 
Can sins or do sins be forgiven? Right? But which, right. what we're saying in context is, are all the sins weighted the same? So, Pastor, let me ask you a question. If a person steals a piece of candy, is it this is it does the same weight or sin the same as someone that had uh, commits adultery, Pastor? It's not the same. Now, in God's eyes, it's the same in that it is sin. It is both of them are breaking God's law. But one of them obviously is more serious than the other. It's it's kind of almost like with uh, when you're in front of a judge, what do they do in a court, right? Uh, somebody that that uh, you know cheated on their taxes and got caught, or somebody that uh, stole uh, some food or something for their family, is not going to be judged the same as let's say a, a, a pedophile or a murderer or uh, you know somebody that that was you know selling huge amounts of of drugs, right? They're not going to get the same uh, the same jail sentence, even though they're both against the law. They're not going to get the same sentence. Right now, if, for example, um, uh, let's take uh, let's see, let's take Matthew 26, verse 24. Right. Uh, as an example, it says, for the son of man must die as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be better, far better for that man if he had never been born. That's that's pretty strong there. Wow. It would have been better for him not to even have been born, right? Right. So that's, that's the way I think we need to uh, look at it. We need to first define sin which is breaking god's law any of god's laws and then we need to define what is bigger uh, sin let me let me give you an example between a, a small sin and mm-hmm. big sin okay just so we kind of put it in context so uh let's take a, a glass of water and fill it halfway with water um if we start to drop small pebbles in it, we might drop 10, 15, 20, 30 uh, pebbles in it before the water rises to the top, right? They're smaller pebbles. But drop a big rock, even one, or three medium-sized rocks, and then the water will come out of the glass much faster it'll rise to the top much faster so both the small sin and the big sin lead to the same thing they still lead to something that is going to be punished right something that Mm -hmm. uh, deserves judgment so they both lead there just one of them gets you there faster it's like if you were going to go to prison you, you've heard of the three strikes law, right? The first the first strike and the second strike. And by the third strike, you're looking at some very big jail time. It's not the same if you get caught with petty, petty theft, you know, stealing a candy, stealing a loaf of bread or what have you. You're not going to end up in jail that fast. You still may end up in jail once your rap sheet gets big enough. 
but it won't be at the same speed or carry the same weight uh, than than the bigger sins. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Let's let, let's do this for our folks out there that's joining us right now. Let's let's define what the sin is, because in John one it said, uh, "In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God." And then in 16, it said, and then the word became flesh, but he came here to deliver us from our sin, right? To take the, the sin in the plural sense. So in that plural sense, pastor, what is the sin? The sin is not being with Christ. The sin is not having a relationship, not accepting Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, because who's the one that forgives us from all sin? Amen. Amen. It's Jesus. Jesus himself. So he covered, he died for our sin, right? Just the one sin, which we're going to talk about here, about uh, the unpardonable sin, right? Right. But that rejection of Christ that's a huge sin. That's not a small little sin, right? No, no, you're you're absolutely right, Pastor. And and when you had referenced the the like say uh, uh, in in the physical sense, somebody does something and a judge sentenced them, right? Right. So let's say worst case, somebody does get sentenced to twenty years, right? Twenty years in prison in a physical prison. What is what is the equal terms that if you reject Christ that you won't get from God. Well, we'll talk about the unpardonable sin, okay? Because uh, I don't believe that all sin is punished the same way. That's not biblical, right? Uh, some were punished by going blind. Some people were punished uh, by getting struck with leprosy. Others uh, were you know, uh, sentenced to death, so to speak, from God, right on the spot. Uh, let's look, for example, at Ananias and Sapphira, right? And uh, they lied in, in the early days of the church. They lied, right, when they sold some property and they were supposed to give uh, money, you know, to distribute. Right. And they kept some back for themselves. They did, yeah. And they were and they were asked, you know, it's like, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? Why did you lie to God? And they dropped dead on the spot, both him, then later his wife, because they perpetuated that line. And it was hypocrisy. And he even told them, listen, this was wasn't this your land? I mean, couldn't you have done basically what you wanted with it or sold it and kept all the money? Why did you have to lie about it? And again, God needed to set the order of the church in that time so that that wouldn't begin to happen and you would find that hypocrisy and lying in the church. So that was a very strong warning, correct? Now look at, uh, how about David? What did David do? Yeah, he sent that young man to the front line, huh, Pastor? He set him up. His servant, he set him up. And, and, why did he set him up? He took his wife, Pastor. He, David he did some wife. David did some some things. 
Oh, yeah, he did something. Listen, he lied about it. He killed a servant. He took his wife. He impregnated her. And then what happened? What kind of judgment came down on David? Yeah, the little son was, uh, he died, right? This boy died, the little baby. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Took his only son. And what else? He said, from this day forward, you will live with the sword at your side. So David had to fight his whole life. There was always a fight because of what he did. God could have struck him dead, but he didn't do that. But at the end, what does God call him? He after, says, after his own heart, right? A man of a his own man heart. after his own heart. Yes. So see, God knows the heart and and he knows how we really are, how we really feel and things that we did with absolute malice or or we fell into sin. Like I say, there's there's a difference between uh, falling into sin, running to sin and living in sin. Those are all different. All of us can trip and fall. The thing is to get up, dust ourselves off, as they say, and ask for forgiveness. Because God can forgive any sin, right? Let's look at Moses. What, what did Moses do? He committed murder. He committed murder. And yet, this is the same Moses that gave up his life and that led the people out of Egypt. And I understand uh, that, that there was somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 3 million people. That's, that's no, no easy task. And that could only be done with God. So see, there, there, there are differences in how we sin, why we sin, right? I mean, sometimes... We might sin to protect somebody else. Uh, sometimes, you know, we don't want to get in trouble, uh, things of that nature. And God knows the intent of, of, you know, everybody's heart. So he knows every sin and why it was done and, you know, whether you repent or you didn't repent. I, I, I once asked my spiritual father, Pastor, I, I said, uh, uh, I said, Pastor, we were talking about lies, you know, small lies and big lies and things like that. And I said, well, let me ask you, I said, because I used to work with him um, back when we used to work at Warner Brother Records. And I said to him, I said, listen, I said, uh, every New Year's, the president of the company would bring his wife in and they would, you know, walk around the whole facility and tell everybody, you know, Happy New Year and what have you, shake hands and give them a check, right? Um, so uh, one day he came in and they were... Um, talking about a, a dress that she was wearing. So um, I felt like, oh, here I have a good opportunity to bring up the lying issue, right? And I said, let me ask you, Pastor. I said, what if the president of the company came in with his wife and she says, oh, you know, look at what my husband bought me for Christmas. Isn't it beautiful? And you look at it and you think it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen. Right. I said, are you going to tell her that? Are you going to tell her the truth and destroy how she's feeling? Destroy 
you know, her, her, her self-esteem basically embarrass her, embarrassed, you know, the president of the company, put your job at risk the whole bit, or are you going to mm-hmm. say, oh, no, it looks very nice. And I thought, I, I've, I've got him. I've got him, right? Here's my excuse for lying. And he says, well, I would say, do you like it? And she says, yes, I love it. Then what does it matter what anybody else thinks? You enjoy it and be blessed in your dress. <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> he says, I'm not lying. You know, I'm just saying, hey, do you like it? Yeah, okay, well, then why, why worry about what anybody else? He says, or I would just say, you know what? You fit that very nicely. And that's it. So you don't have to lie. Because I said, you can't get away from lying. He said, you don't have to lie. You know, and we know that we all do from time to time. I mean, you know, we we say things that, you know, because, uh, like I say, we, we don't want to put somebody on the spot or we don't want to get in trouble or what have you. And, uh, you know, just like that uh, woman, remember that um, that the spies, she hid the spies. And when they came, you know, oh, they're not here. You know, yeah. God knew the intent of the heart. It was a lie and it was a sin. It's wrong. But it's like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to protect, you know, God's people here because they're being judged erroneously and they're going to be killed. So, 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 Pastor, so, Pastor, let me ask you a question then. Sure. So if we're looking at sin as, as not as, as different levels, that's 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 kind of what we're saying in context. Right. Correct. Right. And, and but the sin is actually taking you away from God. Right. Whatever it is whether it's watching movies or listening to the wrong type of music, watching the wrong things on TV, things in your mind, because you say God knows your heart, right, Pastor? Yes, yes. The, any, any sin separates you from God. Any, that is the any sin. sin. Exactly. Okay. That is the sin, the separation from God, because that was not God's intent. I mean, look at even what happened with Adam and Eve, and it's what, what we do, right? When, when we sin... Like when they were talking about it in, in the garden, they were saying, you know, uh, you know, oh, when he called Adam and he says, oh, I, I didn't come around because I was naked. Said, well, how did you know you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Right. And what did they do? They went to cover themselves up immediately. Right. As soon as they found out, they started covering their private parts. And it's much what we do. We cover we try to cover our sin. Right. But God already knows. He already knows. He already knows. Right? So it's better to be honest with God and say, yes, I did this. And be so honest with him that you tell him, listen, I, I did this. I know it was wrong. Listen, I'm not even going to lie, Lord. I, I, I even enjoyed doing this. But I know that this is against your law, your will. And I don't want to do this, but I don't have the strength, Lord. Please help me with this. And forgive me. I don't want to be doing this anymore, Lord. And God will hear that prayer and he'll honor that prayer. Right? Because whoever really, and I mean really, comes to God and asks for forgiveness, their sins are forgiven. God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. If we simply confess it, think about that. It's just a confession.
confession and a true repentance, which means a turning away from, right? It's, I don't want to do this again. That's what God wants is he knows that we sin. He knows that we fall. That's why he, uh, you know, he had his son come for us. Amen. Right. right. But our part is, hey, to confess it, not to try to hide it, not to try to justify it. Like, well, I had a reason in my, I have a good reason. No, that's not what God wants. What God wants is a true heart of repentance, a true confession of, uh, to ask God to forgive you. And he will, he's faithful and just to do that. Amen. And he Amen. throws our sins into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. No, no condemnation. Wonderful. No <laughs> condemnation. Amen. No condemnation. What, what did he do to the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery? He forgave her. He forgave her. And he actually told her, where are your accusers? Where are they? Right? Yeah. There is no one left. Neither do I condemn you. But what did he say? Go and sin, sin no, no more. more. That's right, Pastor. Exactly. Amen. Amen, sir. So, so as we start to look at this a little bit more past me, pull it apart. So if people don't repent and God sees that their heart is hardened for whatever reason, do they enter the everlasting life that God has, Pastor? No. Only, only, the only way is through Christ Jesus. That's the only way to the Father, right? Now, if you have an unrepentant heart, uh, you could still enter the kingdom of heaven because you're always a son, and that's why Christ came and died for our sins. But we, we have to be very, very careful, right? Because God says, in order to be forgiven, you must forgive. Now, that doesn't mean that if you held something against somebody that you may not be forgiven, but only God is the judge of that. I can't judge who goes to heaven or who doesn't, right? What I could say is definitely, listen, you cannot remain with the hardened heart because look at Pharaoh. Remember what, what happened with Pharaoh? How many yeah. warnings did God give him? How many plagues? Uh, uh, yeah. Right? He gave him the, the 10 plagues and he wouldn't, he still would not let God's people go. So what did God say? He said, I will harden your heart that you will not be able to change it. In other words, God gives you over to a reprobate mind. If you remain in that stubbornness, that absolute stubbornness, and you will not forgive and you will not turn and change from your sin, right? Then God is going to say, is that what your heart truly wants? Is, is that what you really want? Because God will give us the desires of our hearts, right? But if our desires are wrong, listen, then the enemy will take over. Satan mm -hmm. will absolutely take over, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because how can you, how can you, for example, hate someone, right? And what does God say about hating someone? He says, you cannot say that you love me and yet hate your neighbor. 
That's right. Love that. Because then you are a liar. So, so we can't do that. But that's not the unpardonable sin, right? That's not the unpardonable sin. See, a lot of people think, well, I didn't forgive this person. Uh, It was so hard, you know. They molested me all my life, and I just can't find forgiveness for them, right? Or this person uh, murdered. Uh, you know, my son or murdered my daughter, how can I possibly forgive? But it is possible to forgive. You and I were talking about uh, a story not too long ago. Why don't you uh, tell that story for our audience so so they can hear it about uh, the woman whose son was killed? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Pastor. Yeah, a few years ago, I was watching a, a TV show, and they had a a, a, a woman, a mom, and son, her, 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 her son was, I don't know, maybe early 20s. And um, a person of the same age uh, killed him. Um, the person went to jail. And the mom went through those. She said that she went through those aspects that you just spoke about, Pastor, about can I forgive him? Um, it, you know, you know my, my son's gone. Or she had the pictures in the house, in the room, and still had the room, his clothes wow. and stuff in there. So, yeah. So she went wow. through a tough, dark period, Pastor. Right, right. And she said one day she heard that if she didn't forgive him, the, the unforgiveness would take her out. I was blown away. So, so this, 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 this unforgiveness wrapped, it, wrapped itself so hard around her. It was almost taking her off uh, out, of this, out of this physical realm, right? It was going to you know, destroy her, right? Right. So she so she went to the prison to go see him, go see the, the, the guy or the person that murdered her son. And they just fell in love with each other. God made that divine interaction where they, they became like a mother and son, uh, like like a like adopted son, kind of that kind of love, you know. And wow. the, the young man got out of prison and the and the, and the and the mom or the, the lady that lost her son, she, she allowed him to move in to get going. Like get himself going back, you know, back on his feet, get a job and and do things like that, Pastor. But I think those wow. instances, Pastor, are, are 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 just you know, those are unique and and just instances where you're saying like you have to almost like release everything you know that you have in your body to let God allow you to even get to that point, Pastor. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. And listen, it's it's extremely difficult. I I've uh, counseled couples. Sometimes where uh, the man has cheated on uh, his wife uh, or even where the woman has cheated on her husband. And, you know, even though God says, listen, if it's for adultery, I allow you to divorce. You are free. You are not held accountable. Right. The person that, that is innocent in the relationship. Right. That, that didn't commit the adultery. They can go ahead and, and get divorced and get remarried, and God's not going to hold it against them, right, because they did nothing wrong. But I have seen instances where the husband forgives the wife or the wife forgives the husband. They go through some intense counseling, and they find out some of the reasons and, and some of the setbacks and some of the things that they can change and do better. And they actually come out a stronger more united marriage. 
Wow. And boy, that, that, that that's that's tough because I, I don't know that I'd be able uh, to do that. You know, I, I would pray to God, first of all, that that never, ever happened to me. Uh, second of all, uh, I, I would have to really, really search my heart and seek God in that kind of a situation to give me the strength because I know I would not have the strength, but I know that he does. Amen. And I know that he can give me that strength. So we just have to ask for that, that mercy, that grace, and ask for God's will to be done, not our own will to be done, and let him work things out. Amen, Amen sir. And, and it's the same. I see a couple of posts here in the room. It says, thank God for grace and mercy. Amen. Amen. That's what you were just saying, Pastor. Amen. You know, that that is it right there, Pastor. I think that's the key is that grace and that mercy that carries us through, Pastor. It's that it's that revelation and knowing that in our weakest moment, like you were just describing about that situation with the marriage, where God steps in and he's the strength. You're leaning 100% on the Lord. Yes. Yes, yes, definitely. And, and it's not, I, I'll tell you, sometimes it, it is not easy. No, It is no. not easy. It's a no, very not at all. difficult thing to do. But guess what? Jesus went through some difficulty, didn't he? He sure did. He sure did. He went through some hard, dark times, didn't he? Yet he still did the will of the Father. And while he was on the cross, what were his words to the Father? He said, forgive them, because for they don't. God, imagine how difficult that would have to be. Somebody spitting on you, putting thorns on your head, putting nails through your feet and your hands, whipping you, stabbing you with a, a spear on the side, mocking you, spitting on you, and to still say, forgive them for they know not what they do. Wow. Yeah. You know, wow. when I when I read that passage, when I often read that, you know, um, it, it makes me take a look at what I do in my life, Pastor. And yes. although people may do things against me, you know, and I, I know sometimes, um, you know, we think that the enemy is always out to attack us, Pastor. And this brings us to our se second topic. But sometimes it's because of what we say about ourselves and what we say about our own lives. The power of the tongue, Pastor. That's what, right. That's what do you right. think? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, we're very quick to speak, especially when we're angry. It's like, oh, they're going to get a piece of my mind. And, oh, well, they're going to hear me out. And I'm not going to stay quiet. And yet, what happened with Jesus when they were slapping him? Did he say, well, I'm calling down my legion of angels and I'm taking you all out? He didn't do that. No, he did. Right? They questioned him. They slapped him. They did all these things to him. And even when they came for him, he said, you do not take my life. I give it freely. Wow. Think about that. You know? So I'll tell you, when it comes to the tongue, we, we really have to be careful, right? And I'm not just talking about spoken, the spoken uh, words, but also we need to take account now in this day and age, the written words, right? 
emails or letters or, you know, social media like uh, Instagram, the WhatsApp, uh, for us older folks, Facebook, <laughs> right? I mean, yep. uh, people have killed themselves over bullying because of things that people have written, you know, and we have to be careful with our words because if, if you take, for example, uh, a child, right, even adults, and you tell them long enough, you're stupid, you're fat, you're ugly, you're skinny, you're dark, you're light, oh, you, you're, you, you'll never accomplish anything, you'll never be anybody, right? Those words hit the heart. They not only hit the ears, but they hit the heart, and that destroys many lives. And God said, listen, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So you tell a child that growing up all his life, you're stupid and, and you'll never amount to anything and, oh, you're a loser. That's probably going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy, a prophecy that's going to happen to them because they're going to believe it. Amen. And, and what a shame when we could be actually lifting up people building him up, encouraging them, speaking life to them. Amen. A amen, sir. Down. No, you're, you're absolutely right, Pastor. You know, if, I'm going to take a scripture here. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. It says, the words of the reckless pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Isn't that amen. powerful, Pastor? Amen. amen. Isn't that just powerful? Very powerful. Pastor? very powerful and that's exactly right because listen you can pierce the heart likewise if you tell a person uh, a, a child growing up or even an adult that's feeling a moment of discouragement listen you can do this or a child you can be anything you want or you're you're smart you're intelligent listen you're capable and you know uh, you you just encourage them listen you're you're strong and you can do this and you just need to push forward and Listen, this is what happened to me in my life, and this is how God helped me. You need to trust and put your faith in God. Listen, start seeking God in prayer. And boy, you can change a person's life around, even a person that is thinking of committing suicide can be turned around by your words. It's powerful, Amen. Pastor, because the, the the word, the spoken word, especially the word of God. It does something in your life. You can see sometime, Pastor, when from the pulpit, you know, if you realize when you're when you're delivering a message or you're doing an exhortation, some of the spoken word changes people on the spot. Have you have you ever witnessed that, Pastor? I absolutely have witnessed that. I've witnessed it in my own life where I have felt times of, of wanting to quit or times of despair, just utter despair, chaos happening because the attacks of the enemy are very real and they can be very hard, especially when you're stepping out uh, for the things of God because he wants to intimidate you and make you stop and give up your calling and, and give up your gifts and, and what have you. And just one word, one message, being at church, I, and I'll tell you something else. Sometimes 
the times where I have not wanted to go to church or I have not wanted to preach because of what I'm going through. And I do it anyway, counting on God's strength. And my life gets changed. It gets wow. turned around. I get the biggest blessing. And it's like I realize this is why the enemy was hitting me so hard. He wanted me to miss out on this mer- uh, on this message. I was going to get robbed because I would have been feeling the same way. I would have been here at home moping and, you know, feeling sorry for myself or feeling bad or feeling depressed or whatever. And no, you go and the word of God is alive and it'll change your life. So just one word can change everything. And we need to be careful how we use those words, just as you just read from the scripture. Um, You know, if, if, for example, let's say uh, you and I went up on an airplane, right? And uh, you have a a, a huge, huge, one of those big 30-gallon bags of feathers, right? And we're flying over some country. And I tell you, okay, Mr. Jermaine, listen, uh, go ahead and, and scatter those out as we're flying, right? And you do so. The plane lands, and then I, I say, okay, now go uh, drive around and try to pick up every last feather that you threw out. You think you can do that? Probably not, Pastor. <laughs> Impossible, right? Impossible. There's just, just no way to do it. It's the same with your words. See, once they come out of your mouth, you can't take them back many times. The damage has been done. You destroyed somebody, a, 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 a spouse, a child, a close friend, a colleague at work, you know, a family member, a brother, a sister. I've seen that happen where they never speak again because of a, a word or a few words that were spoken. And now hurt. And unforgiveness steps in, and there's no relationship anymore. It's broken, all due to words. It's not even punches. You know, that's why I say it's like, you know, they say, oh, uh, sticks and stones. You, you've heard that, right? Sticks and stones uh, may, break may, my bones. Uh, may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. <laughs> I think it's quite the opposite. It is. A broken bone will heal. Mm-hmm. But what hits your heart and you remember forever and that has hurt you, devastated you, could be from a father, a mother, a pastor, a friend, a sibling. And that can destroy your very life. Isn't that so, something? Let, let me let me read the scripture, Pastor, and then I'm going to ask you a question. Okay? Sure. Go ahead. All right. <clears throat> so the scripture is Matthew 15 and it's verse 11. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Amen. So my question to you is, because we know we always blame all negative aspects of our life. We blame it on the enemy or Satan. Is it the enemy, Pastor? At times, it's the enemy. But I'll tell you. The one thing we have to really think of 
is what comes out of the mouth comes out of the abundance of the heart. And the Bible says that the heart is wickedly evil, right? Who can know the heart other than God? Listen, sometimes some of the, the nicest people, the ones that smile in your face and talk sweet things to you, are the very ones that are stabbing you in the back. Mm. And wow. nowadays, they're, it, it doesn't even feel like they're stabbing you in the back. They're looking straight at you and stabbing you in the front. Yeah, they're right in front <laughs> you of you, Pastor. They're, they're both- right in front of you and stabbing you and watching the knife turn as they put it in. It, it's incredible. Uh, but in these last days, the Bible talks about this, that lawlessness would increase, that people will be lovers of money, that right will be wrong, wrong will be right, up will be down, down will be up. And, and, and we see that happening more and more in these evil days. So we have to be careful on what we say, and we have to ask God for his spirit to sustain us, right? He says, pray that God will give us the strength to stand on that great and terrible day of the coming of the Lord. Great, because those of us who are looking for him are going to rejoice and be so glad that our deliverance is here. Terrible for those who are against God and who are believing the lies of the enemy and who are allowing their heart to continue to be hardened. Amen. Amen, sir. You know, as as we look at some of the things that David wrote uh, in Psalms 141, verse 3, Pastor, this is going to be uh, almost directly related to what you were talking about. Actually, it is directly related. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Wow. Wow. Is is that it right there or what, Pastor? Set that, a guard right over there. my mouth. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We Boy, sometimes we need a, a, a sentry post. <laughs> you know, we, we need it. We, yeah, we, we need an army over our mouth because, man, sometimes the Lord is telling us to be quiet and and we just don't. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever felt that where uh, you're trying to do the right thing and you can feel God telling you, don't say that, don't say it, and you say it anyway? You know me very well, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, to stop it, you know? We all yeah. have things we work on, Pastor. I know me very well. Exactly. That's why I'm saying it. I'll tell you, um, you know, it's kind of like what Paul said, right? Uh, and just to kind of paraphrase, uh, he says that the things that I don't want to do, I do. <laughs> I do and the yeah. things I want to do, I don't do. Oh, what a wretched man I am. It's the flesh, you know? Pastor. He's in the flesh. He's fighting the flesh. It's a constant battle with the flesh, a constant battle. But I'll tell you, without Christ, there is no victory, none, because he is the only good thing in us. Without Christ, we'll do all kinds of things. Look, look at back just when you were in the world or when I was in the world, when we didn't know Christ. I did a whole lot of mess in my life. A whole lot of things I would be ashamed of to even speak on this program, <laughs> you know, but it happened and it
wasn't until Christ came into my life. And he remember, he says, I found you. You didn't find me. So I thank God for that, that he found me and that he allowed me to become one of his sons by receiving his son, Jesus Christ, into my heart, into my life. Amen. Amen, Pastor. You know, as, as we look at Ecclesiastes 3, verse 7, it's the time to be silent and there's a time to speak, Pastor. That's right. And, and, and we need to listen to, to the Holy Spirit because if we're, if we're connected to our Father, like we should be, Pastor, and He's guiding our path, He'll also allow us to tell us when to speak. And not just when to speak, when you open your mouth, you'll be rep you're going to be representing the Lord. Is that right, Pastor? Amen. That's right. Because we are ambassadors. We, we might be the only people uh, that others see. They may not attend church. They may not read their Bibles. They may not even believe. But if they see our example, they hear our speech. Sometimes, I, I know because it's happened to me where you are not a Christian yet. You're still not a believer, but you're like, there's something different about you. Something different about that guy. The way he speaks, the way he handles himself. And I don't see him get angry and attack when people tell him. I don't see him cussing up a storm. I don't, I don't see him there in the room when people are telling dirty jokes. He carries himself different. What is it about him? And now they want to know what you carry. And that's how many times they'll come and talk with you and say, you know, there's some, something different about you. Yeah, there's something I know about what you. what it is. Yeah, what they're seeing is the spirit of God in you. They're seeing God's character in you. Yeah. And that will speak louder than your words will. Amen? Your actions will speak louder many times than your own words because they see, they experience the trueness of God. Not just somebody uh, uh, saying it, because I've seen people talking about it with the beer in their hand or, uh, uh, you know, some some weed and, and as they're smoking and talking and holding their breath, you know, taking that big breath and, yep, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, it's like, come on, man. Come on. You know, if, if, you're, if you're looking like a hypocrite, if you're acting like a hypocrite, you're trying to speak something that's different from what you're living. People will see that very quickly and they'll reject it. And they'll say, if that's what being a Christian is, that temper, cussing people out like that, you know, seeking revenge and, and gossiping about their boss and stuff, you know, eh, I don't want to be a Christian. Right. Yeah, no, you're right, Pastor. If you're a representative of, let's say, you know, of God, but just take it in context, representative of a country and, and you see, you know, uh, ambassadors walk around of, you know, said country and they're doing what you just described, Pastor. You, you're like, what kind of what kind of country is that? What, <laughs> why, why are you even over here? Or, am I right? Exactly. 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 Like, well, what are you doing here? You got no business with us. 
right? So, you know, I, I think definitely the power of the tongue is, I, I love the way the, the Bible describes it. You know, it's, it's so small and yet carries so much power. It's like, you know, I'm sure most everybody that's listening to us has probably watched the movie Titanic. I mean, you see the size of that ship and that and that small rudder that can move such a huge, huge boat, right? And that's the one thing we don't want is we want to make sure that that small appendage, the tongue, right, tied to the heart, that we're careful because the last thing we want to do is hit a huge iceberg and sink. Amen. Amen, sir. You know, this is directly related. You know, when you said that little, uh, you know, rudder or it pushes the ship forward, right? No matter how, how big the ship is, little propeller, small rudder, because the rudder helps right. steer it. If you look at Proverbs 18.22, Pastor, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And right. those who love it will eat its fruits. It's fruits. Man, Pastor. Wow. That is incredible. You know, I tell you, death and life are in the power of the tongue, Pastor. So when people have their families together, such as times like this, whether you're on Zoom or you're on, you know, <clears throat> um, you know, whatever program you're using to get together, a text message, you speak life over your family, Pastor. You speak life over the children, over generations, Pastor, over your family members, because that's what we need. We need to feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit, Pastor. Is that, is that correct? That's right. Absolutely. I, I tell you, we need to uplift each other. We need to bear each other's burdens. We should uh, cry with those who cry. We should be uh, laughing and happy with those that are uh, laughing and happy. You know, we, we need to pray for each other. We need to lay hands on each other. We need to be able to count on each other and, and stay close to each other because this is what God wants. That's why he says, listen, do not forsake the assembly of the saints because it's important you know sometimes people say, ah why do i need to go to church you know god is everywhere i i try to tell people listen um prayer let's say is like a phone call this is talking to god I haven't right, been eating, right. You know, but talking to god right but i'm saying god is everywhere and these are the people that are saying, you know, oh, I don't go to church because God is everywhere. It's like, yeah, okay, you're right. God is everywhere. Well, let me ask you something. If I'm your friend and you're my friend, right, and you're always at my house, okay, and you ask me to come to your house and I don't go, and you're constantly asking me, Pastor Caesar, well, geez, you know, I'm always at your house. Why don't, why don't you come once in a while here? After a while of me saying, no, 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 thanks. It's okay. You're going to start asking, what, what, what's wrong with my house? I mean, is my house uh, smell? Is it is it too poor for you? Is it what, what is it that you don't want to be at my house? Is it you don't really like or appreciate me? I mean, I'm always at your home. Why don't you want to come to my home? It's the same thing with God. It's like, listen, this is my house. And if you say that I'm always at your house, then why won't you come to mine? Right? 
We need to be making an effort. We need to be with family because family uplifts each other. And when you're going through something, the best place to be is with your brothers and sisters in Christ because they're going to understand. Many of them have gone through the same or worse, and they're going to uplift you. See, it's easy, like when you're having trouble in a marriage, it's easy to go to one of your friends. But if that friend is not saved and a, a man or a woman of God, guess the advice you're going to get? Ah, there's not enough fish in the sea. You, you don't need to put up with that. Advice of right? the world, right, Pastor? Exactly. You're going to get the advice of the world. Oh, dump him. You don't need to be putting up with that, fool. That's, that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get like, Hey, listen, Christ said to love your wife the way Christ loved the church. You got to go back and you got to ask for forgiveness. You got to love on her. Amen. Listen, you, you shouldn't have said this or you shouldn't have done this. Right. That's that. Or listen, let me tell you, God hates divorce. This is not where your mind needs to be, my friend. And you're going to have somebody speaking truth to you and speaking life and speaking good godly wisdom into your life not the foolishness of the world amen pastor and and i and i tell you what pastor that's another hour on episode wow. three it goes wow. fast pastor it goes it so sure fast does. doesn't it it sure does amen I, I get so excited when we start talking about god and how he's working and what he can do in our lives pastor amen all just think his mercy and his grace forgives us for everything. Forever. You know, before we close, the one thing I do want to say is people always think about the unpardonable sin. What is the unpardonable sin? The yes, one sir. that God will not forgive. And first of all, I'll tell you, if you're thinking about have I done it? Have I said it? I'm worried. I'm concerned. Let me tell you, you're on safe ground because you're concerned about it. That right. means you care. Amen. Now, murder can be forgiven. A pedophile, as much as we hate to think about that, God can forgive. Right? But the unpardonable sin, the thing that God will say, no, I cannot forgive you for that, is total and absolute rejection of his son, Jesus Christ, to your last dying breath. You reject God with all your heart, with your last breath. That is the unpardonable sin. Blasphemy, Pastor. That will not be forgiven. Amen. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Is that right, Pastor? That's right. Blasphemy. Rejection of Christ Jesus, his son, Father, the Holy Spirit, just like, no, I'm, I, I refuse to believe. I'm not. I reject that. And I don't want to be prayed for. I don't want to ask for forgiveness. I, I have nothing to be forgiven for or, you know, I don't believe he exists and what have you. That's the unpardonable sin. And none of our listeners are in, in that category. Is that right, Pastor? These are all believers here. Amen. Amen. That's right. Yay. And if they're not believers, they'll be coming to the Lord. Praise <laughs> That's God. That's right. Amen, That's Pastor. Right. Amen. Amen. 
You know, I, I just want to go ahead and take time out before we close to thank everyone that joined us this, this evening. Everyone is so, you know, we just thank God for each and every one of you in your lives. I know that God is changing lives. Or, or is, is that right, Pastor? He's changing people's lives, Pastor. You, you're seeing those text messages and emails that we begin, right? Amen. Amen. And it's so encouraging and so exciting. And, and that's what we do it for. That's what we do it for. We want people's lives to be touched people's lives to be changed just like Christ has touched and changed our lives. Amen, minister. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and close this out, pastor, in prayer, okay? Amen. Please, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you. King of kings, we raise and bless your holy name this evening. Mountain mover, wave maker, my redeemer, we thank you for blessing us with your word keeping the word active in our lives, allowing us time to talk and sit and discuss things about you. Entering your, 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 your kingdom, just talking about how you build relationships and get us closer to you. Heavenly Father, continue to bless your children. Continue to keep their paths straight. Walk with them, uplift them, and strengthen them. Keep them on solid ground. These are all things we ask for in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. God bless. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Well, that is the end of episode three, Pastor. We had a good time. Amen. I had a great time. And I pray that people were blessed today. Yes, yes, yes. I know they were. And stay tuned. We have one episode, one per week, and it lasts one hour. We normally do it on Saturday nights. And we'll send out the next episode. Uh, email letting everybody know when the next episode is stay blessed and stay healthy and remember you have, have the, power. the power amen 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 <laughs>